listening to the Wouldn't It Be Cool podcast with Chris Dempsey. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome again to the Wouldn't It Be Cool podcast. Uh, This is a show about healthy movement, plant-based eating, living with passion and compassion. And again, I'm your host, Chris Dempsey. Um, Each week... I'm going to sit down with special guests and uh, take you on the journey and stories, successes and failures in hopes that we can all learn something about ourselves and maybe even spark um, a light that might be the beginning of something like following our dreams. Right on. Um, You can reach us at my Facebook page. I have a Wouldn't It Be Cool Facebook page. um, And I'd love it if you liked it and reached out. Let me know what you think of the podcast. (coughs) I'm also on Instagram at Wouldn't It Be Cool. Um, So everywhere you listen and look and see, please like, please subscribe. So today's guest is Stacy Brooks. Stacy's story, um, sadly, is a most unimaginable tragedy and also a story of strength and hope. Great strength, I like to say. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Stacy lost her son to suicide and, uh, yet has somehow managed to stay a very, you know, present and loving mom and person in the community. One of my favorite people to run into every time I see you, I, I, every time I see you, I just stop my world and make sure I'm super focused and present for you. Cause I feel you like are. I get the same from you. And you know, it's a lot of people not like that. Yes, there are a lot of people not like that. You know what I mean? It's, 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 and sometimes you even see, you know, we're both in the same small town, so you right. run into people all the time. And, and not that you don't want to run into them and see them, but sometimes it's just like, oh, I don't really have time. Or you just kind of, you, you almost give that quick little right. hi, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I like running into you because I always, like, it's, it's nice, actually. Yes. It really, besides just seeing you, it also just is like, it's kind of, a, I notice it. It's nice. We just right. stop super engaged, really very present. It is always a really nice conversation and it yeah. is very focused um, without distraction yeah, on yeah, what exactly. we're talking about. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. I notice that and I appreciate it because I think sometimes there are people that, oh my God, here she is. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah <laughs> I don't yeah. want to talk to her <laughs> yeah, again. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I bet that happened a lot, especially it, it does. like a while well, ago. Yeah. Even more um, so, I bet. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to have a forum to discuss uh, this uh, very, very important issue um, to our children and just our country in general. Yeah. Um, I'll just focus on our community in in New Hampshire, though. Right. (coughs) Sorry about that. Yeah, there's water there if you like. Yeah. So I'll start. Do you, did you want to ask a question or do you no, want me to start? No, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just like, you know, jump. I mean, uh, we, we know each other. I'd like to right. tell a little bit. Like, yeah. we know each other because our sons, our sons were, yes. like, really, really close. Really and, good friends. Um, Aiden says hi, by the way. Oh, thank you. I called Aiden on the way here. I, I texted him on the way here and I said, I'm, you know, going to podcast with Stacey. And he was all capitals. He's like, Stacey, oh my God, tell her I said hi. And and um, and I said, uh, and I and I kind of started saying, um, it's going to be intense. Like I'm already getting emotional. Yeah. And he, and he's like, I bet. And, um, I was like, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and he said, uh, he said, you can do this, dad. Well, and, uh, call me when you're done. And then he's like, love you. I was like, oh, he's a good kid. Guess what? Now you're stuck with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Really. You, you asked me here. I didn't force myself on you. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Too bad. Um, no, I love Aiden. He, well, that, that group of friends, the what, whole crew. Oh right? my goodness. Yeah. What an amazing group of, of yeah. young uh, young people yeah. um I, you can't even call them kids because they're just so oh, yeah, yeah. um they're incredible i saw that aiden had finished his second year mm-hmm. at school so yeah. very excited for that yeah. but are you seeing his artwork oh my goodness yeah, it's ridiculous oh that kid is so talented it's so funny. <laughs> it makes me crazy that there can be such talent in so in in people i just i want to be that i know just a piece please <laughs> just a little smidge but know. um you know it's so funny with aiden because he was this boy who uh, my son quest would talk about oh aiden dempsey it was always just one word yeah. aiden dempsey yeah, yeah. and he would say oh aiden dempsey is such a great artist or aiden you know would tell me this or that and um i'd be like quest i've never met you know and i i i'm a parent who knows my children's friends yeah. so i was like i have a, are you sure i used to say that this was his uh made up friend his because i hadn't friend. i hadn't met him and he would come home and say i'm like he doesn't you know really and then i i had the opportunity to meet him um for the first time and many times since but for the first time when i met him was two weeks before quest died oh. um and uh, you know he yeah, was i feel like that's the first time you and yes, i met yes i dropped I met him in the, off in the parking he was lot staying my, over the house yeah. with, you know like a little crew i think yep there was the, the gang yeah um and i think he'd been probably to uh quest dad's house before but i hadn't i hadn't met him yeah. so uh and I came in and Quest said, oh, this is, this is Aiden Dempsey. And I said, you do exist. Yeah, yeah. How did you find this person to portray your imaginary friend? (laughs) I was like poking him. Oh, you are real. Uh, But again, just such a nice, a nice, you know, funny, uh, all that, like that gang of kids just, um, you know, I, I always like people who talk to me. Yeah. So when I meet one of my children's friends, if they can't talk to me or anybody, mm. I'm like, oh, what's wrong with this person? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the not, same way. It's, right. it's hard to, it's like, you're not giving me anything. Right. Like you've got to give me something and, and, um, and then I'll be there. Right. I'll totally be there for you. But if you don't give me anything and I'll right. try, I'll yeah. try a little bit, but if it's just like, mm, 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 it's like, eh. it's like but that yeah. is the thing about that crew is like every one of them will like look you in the eye. They will engage. They'll, you know, yeah. like when I run into them all in same thing in, in, oh. uh, in Durham, it's, you know. It's a five, 10 minute conversation. Oh, absolutely. I've been, I went um, riding with Connor, just Connor and I went, oh, yeah. went like mountain biking one time. Oh, no. Um, uh, Smath came too. Oh, yeah. Adam came. So, um, but yeah, just a great group of kids. And um, when they were there at the, uh, at the memorial at the school, um, it was just wild. Oh, crazy. My goodness. I can't imagine that. Um, so, so 16. Yeah, because some of them weren't even 17 yet yeah. when it happened in um, December of uh, 2012. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, juniors harsh. in high school, but to stand up in front of a room of easily 750 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A more packed. a packed house and yeah. to just be so um, able to talk about their friend and their friendship mm. and just stories about you know how some of them first met him or why they were friends or mm. what they liked about each other what he meant to what them. he meant to them yeah. and you know he was not really the glue that held them together but in a lot of ways he was oh he kind of was he like, and i think especially after yeah um, oh yeah yeah 
but he just, you know, he just felt like every single one of those guys, they, they had his back no matter what. And, you know, he, and, and not that he needed somebody to have his back because he was not a kid who got in trouble or was somebody to worry about and neither were his friends. They were just, he would say to me, Oh mom, you know, I'm not popular. And I, I would always feel like, okay, well, popularity is overrated and you are popular yeah. because what it means to be popular is somebody who a whole different, all different groups of people like you right. and are drawn to you right. because of the way that you are. Right, so right, right. he was friends with the kids that were, you know, in air quotes here, the popular kids, yeah. the kids that were really into sports or yeah. the kids that were- He was super were, athletic. He had all his like, you know, jock friends. Yeah. yeah. You know, he had, he had groups of friends everywhere he went. And um, even when he was little, he would, we would be traveling somewhere and he'd go to this playground and he'd come running back. He goes, mom, I met this really cool kid. And the reason the kid was really cool is because they liked one smidgen of a thing that Mm. he liked, you know, whatever it was. And it didn't matter anything else about the kid. They were super cool because of that. That's what I gathered about him was that he could really tune into who he was dealing with, what they were dealing with and, and make, just make the connection, like find something to make the connection to make the connection. Yeah. And they were so like, I have a funny story about like how they were such good kids (laughs) because I had a different childhood. Yeah. And, uh, so, I did too. Yeah. So I drop Aiden off. Aiden's going to a, um, a bonfire at, right. whose house was it at? I can't quite remember. I don't remember who, one, one of the Adams maybe. And so um, there's a, there has, he's having a bonfire and yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. And so, you know, that's the first thing I hear. So of course I start conjuring my images of what Me a bon- high school bonfire party is going to be like. And then, um, you know, he's gathering, he's gathering all the chips and the root beer to go to this party. And then, uh, and then, so long story short, like I get there to pick him up finally. And the bonfire is just like this really small little, you know, (laughs) couple of logs on fire in one of those metal dishes. Right. And, and all the guys are just like sitting around this thing and it's just seven dudes like sitting <laughs> sitting around this fire like hanging out eating chips and drinking root beer drinking root beer yeah, yeah. there was no like where was the weed where yeah. was the beer where was that where were the girls where how can we know where everyone is right. you know <laughs> I know, which wasn't to say that they weren't having all kinds of fun. Oh my God, they were having the most fun. They were just the most fun, you know, and um, the river parties and, you know, they just, they made their own kind of fun in really neat ways that, you know, was just about them having fun, not, not caring if it was cool or not cool or, you know, who was invited or who was not invited. Um, Which is a really, which is something I really admire about my son. And I, and I see it in all those kids too. And I know Quest had it too. It was like, they were so, they're, they're, there's just, it's, it's almost, I don't know, like they're, they don't ooze confidence, right? But then they do, right? Because they just they act on their true right. feelings and their true desires. They right. they ultimately, when when push comes to shove, they don't give a shit, right? They just they just play by their own rules and they ha- and they they really like have their fun. Exactly, yeah. and I think that is you know it, it's unusual in in oh, yeah. that age in oh, high school God. kids, and then to go forward um, onto college and whatever to sort of have that kind of confidence because I don't think they perceive it as a confidence, but just that they kind of like, they like themselves or they like what yeah. they're doing. They like yeah. the kids. And they like each other. And they like each other. That's the key is that they <clears throat> they, they really like and respect each other and they will support each other. Yes. So they, they, 
they they find support in supporting each other. Right. I think is really what it is. And just have fun together. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I just, Quest would tell me stories about oh, the funny thing that somebody said. And, you know, he just, he had such a way with words when he would be describing it, I could just see mm. it happening and would be right there next to him laughing about it as hard as he was because it, you know, he just drew such a great picture of it yeah. and could just see. And again, because I just knew those kids so well yeah. um, and, you know, just had a level of trust with them yeah, totally. that it was, uh, it was just such a great experience. And, you know, when he, when he died, I think it was really hard for them, but they came together so and still they were are so amazing for each other, yeah. and I think we're really a true catalyst, not only for each other but um, for the other kids in their class. Yeah, I have never seen a class come together that way, and not that I had that much experience at the high school before, mm. but with his class, and and I haven't seen it since. My daughter was a grade behind him, and I didn't see that same thing in her class. But they were so. They were gentler and kinder with each other, with with everybody in their class. Mm. That they were really, it it. They just had a something with each other. Yeah, was that was just such so much quest. Yeah. you know that they didn't care if this one was that or that or that. That was a that was a you neat know. thing about hearing at that um, at the memorial, hearing people get up that really actually weren't particularly friends with him mm-hmm. like didn't really know him and yeah. these kids just got up and spoke about him and yeah. and and gave you such a that was incredible to me yeah. that was like mind-blowing just these kids that he probably thought didn't know who he was right. had these friggin' stories about him yeah. i remember i like i it's one it was one girl had some story i want to say she was like new in school or or something like that and you know quest was like came up and asked me if i needed help right and like someone else said he held the door for me. You know what I mean? It was yeah. things like that. We're like, I mean, it was all things. I mean, he me. didn't kind of go. And we heard, we had so many people write stories, um, you know, on his Facebook page about that mm. very thing. Yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. the I little remember. thing that he did that people remembered about him in the ways that he just was. And it wasn't something he didn't have to try at it. He was genuine in it. Um, he was genuinely just a kind boy, very funny, very empathetic, like, I just, I used to love, and you probably as a parent remember when your kids were little, the best time, and probably still now sometimes, is Mm. to be in the car with your kid. Mm. And they're, you're, so we were, my children were all very young, and I was spending most of my morning driving up and down 155 between preschools. And, 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 um, so Quest was the last one to be dropped off. And we were in the car one day from the back seat. He says to me, Mom, and he always, like, the questions, you know, Mom, what's racism? Yeah. And in my mind, I'm thinking, why can't you ask me where babies come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> always just to get to, like, the heart of the, I'm like, okay, do you want the short answer? Do you want yeah. the soapbox answer? You he know, wants the long answer. He wants the long answer yeah. and to have, you know, just like that engaging conversation and you know the depth of emotion and feeling and history and mm. and he said to me well you know martin luther king made it possible for dev and devin was a boy he had been in preschool with who was african-american for for devin and i to be friends and mm. it really just touched mm. him you know and he was like that about everything it was so amazing yeah. and uh just the way he thought about things i loved being in the car having those conversations yeah, um, some quiet time yeah to let was, to let him come out 
Yep. And like do it. Yeah, that's cool. It was it was really great. And he loved to write. He was uh, was a very pro- prolific writer. He was writing a story um and included all of his friends in this um Sadly, it was probably, you know, based on video games, which was a, a common passion of all of theirs. But it was, you know, they it was called Team 21 and they mm. all had a rank and a mission. And uh, he got very far into it and by very far, like 100 plus pages of, mm. of writing the story. And then he was his own worst critic with it, though. He's like, oh, nope and started all over again. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so it was unfinished at the time of his death, but it was really, you know, all of his friends were in there and he just, in this world, they were really, you know, together in the story as they were in life. And it was really amazing to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so man. cool. It's really, and that, now it's a tattoo on Aiden's leg. Yes. Team it is. It's a beautiful tattoo. Yeah. It's really cool. With the blueberry. <laughs> With the blueberry. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a great story. I, I, I enjoy sort of when I get a chance to catch up with all of them and, you know, they're all very, uh, they make it if when they're home, they'll, uh, a lot of them will, you know, send me an email, say, Hey, how you doing? Or come by and say hi or for a visit or right. a hug. Um, so yeah. it's nice. Yeah. yeah. It's it a is. nice group. It's a nice group of people. So. It sure is. Um, I want to, I want to seg- segue you into your story okay. to the story yeah. by just kind of telling you, um, my, um, experience, my perspective okay. on like when that happened. Oh, yeah. Cause I was, um, <clears throat> I was out one night um, with a group of friends and, um, I was, I don't want to say this person's name. Um, I will later okay. because you can know, but we're, it's a common friend of ours. Okay. And, um, she, um, was clearly like not feeling, she wasn't in a party mood. Like we were just out at a bar having beers and like a group of friends mm-hmm. and, and she was really like something was on her mind big time. And, um, and then she just, literally just out of nowhere turns to me and says, you know, like your kids are Oyster River, right? And I said, yeah. And, and uh, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> it was so intense for me. Oh, I'm sorry, Chris. It really? It was really surprisingly intense. Like that whole experience. It, I was devastated for a while. Yeah. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, um, and I, I just felt so bad for everybody, like yeah. you clearly, obviously, and poor Quest. And, but then the kids, like the, the, the boys that were still there. Was just, yes. And so poor Aiden. So this, this uh, woman says, you know, you're at Oyster River. And I said, yeah. And, and she says, what, what grade? And I said, and I told Aiden, it was, I guess he was a... 11th, yeah, yeah, they were juniors. Yeah, he's a junior. And, uh, and so she told me, like, a kid took his life and you're, you know, so I just wanted you to know that, you know, these kids are going to have to deal with it. Like, so she was just telling me this is coming up and he's going to have to deal with this. And I was like, Oh God. Cause I know so many kids remember, like right. I yeah. coached. You know it. Yeah. So was this before Quest or this was, this you were was hearing about Quest? Quest. Oh, yeah. see this is, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so, um, like, like I said, I knew, you know, I probably knew 80% of his class. Yeah. You know, and so I'm like, oh God, you know, like, so like, can you tell me a name? And she says, yeah. And, and she goes, Quest Jaeger. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. All I could think was, you know, uh, well. No, and then your I first thought goes to your son. My first thought went to Aiden. Yeah. It really did. It went to just like, oh my God, because he's so sensitive. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, oh my God. 
I couldn't, I could, I, I just needed to get to him kind of thing. Yep. And, uh, and then I just spent like a couple months just, I, I was in my gym. My gym was like really slow. I was alone. I was, I was yeah. just sitting at my computer and I was like, re, I was on quest Facebook page a lot. Yeah. You know, I was like, I think a, a lot of people were on his page a yeah, lot. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was just, it was intense. Yeah. It was just wild. So that's, that was, um, so three months in September, September 23rd, um, a very, our former neighbor, very good friend of mine, their son died by suicide. Um, he was a sophomore in college and, you know, it was, it was the first time this had happened, you know, had happened. Mm. He wasn't at Oyster River anymore, so it wasn't really affected. Although his, his, uh, his name was Cooper Falk. And his brother was uh, class of 2015. He was the same age as my daughter. As he said, oh, they yeah. were former Aaron's neighbors brother. of ours. Yeah, Aaron's yeah. brother. I never met him, but I know I coached Aaron. Super, super nice um, kid. You know, tall, very funny. Again, sort of mm-hmm. very quest-like, very funny sense of humor. Lo- but, you know, was that just a juxtaposition of him? Tall, sort of lanky kid, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Loved... Um, Heavy metal music. Mm. Like you looked at him, you did not see like this heavy metal music kid. Mm. So he died and of course we were devastated. Um, and then, um, so not that I was prepared in any way for Quest dying mm. by the same way, mm. but several things happened when Cooper died. I got a call from Austin's mom because his sister Victoria was Cooper's class. And she'd seen something on his Facebook page, mm. called her mother crying, you know, oh my God, something happened to Cooper. I don't know if it's true. I had gone to work. I got a call from Terry saying, oh, you know, I, I said, no, I could tell she was upset. She said, Victoria saw something on Cooper's page. I don't know. Do you know? And at this point, I didn't know. It was early Monday morning. It had happened on a Sunday. And I said, I don't know, but let me find out because I, of course, was devastated. Linda and Tom, very close friends of mine. In addition to being neighbors, we shared holidays with Mm -hmm. them, you know, the whole bit. So I tried to reach the house. I don't remember how I actually found out, but then I, because I made a couple calls. I tried Linda, I tried Tom, I tried um, Tom's sister, Annie, who I'm friends with, and did finally get the message that, yes, in fact, Cooper had died. Mm -hmm. And I was obviously devastated. And then I had to let Terry know that it was true so mm. that Victoria, because, you know, this is a, 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 you know, again, they didn't travel in the same circles, but it's Oyster River's a small school. She and Cooper had had some classes and knew each other, you know, better than just acquaintances, but, you know, friends. And so I just saw sort of the effects of what happens. You know, this is the downside of social media. You can find yeah. anybody you want, but also, News travels very quickly, yeah. and bad news travels really, really fast before you have a chance to yeah. be prepared for it. Yeah. And so when this happened with Quest, um, well, so several things happened. Uh, his dad was away hiking at the time. We're divorced, but he was away hiking, and I couldn't reach him. But he worked for the ambulance service in town. And so people that I've known for many years came to my house, and police came mm. And I was petrified because I, I couldn't reach his dad. And I was frantic that this whole, like the, everybody was going to know that Quest had died before his father would know. Mm. And I, I mean, even in that like horrific moment of grief, 
my focus was on who's going to know. And then I needed him to know, and I didn't want it, you know, blasting all over the radio that, you know, the whole ambulance corps, the whole police department, fire department, you know, basically the whole seacoast knew before he knew. Did you ask someone, did you ask them to, to keep it quiet? I, I, I said, you know, I, I talked to one of the paramedics that came. I've known her for a long time. And I said, you know, I, I don't want everybody to know before Eric knows because mm-hmm. I just felt like that was really unfair. So I didn't mm-hmm. ask him to keep it quiet, but I did ask him to be very respectful of the fact that his dad didn't know. Yeah. And then he finally called because I had called and like hung up a couple of times because I, I was like, I'm not going to leave a voicemail. Just call me back, damn it. So he called and I couldn't tell him I had to have yeah. um, the, our friend Hildy you know, stepped aside and, and told him. And then he came back. And then, of course, I was frantic that it would get out and it would be on Facebook. And I was so worried that people would see it before. So, you know, with this, I'm making calls now to my family, um, friends, oh, making arrangements yeah. for my children to, um, you know, be taken care of. And um, just like trying to control the publication of it via facebook and others at that time instagram wasn't as big but you know really so that it wouldn't get on facebook before because you know he had a girlfriend Mm -hmm. so um eric called her parents and i called um i forget who we called i think we called connor's mom because we've known her probably the one of the longest between her and austin and um said hey this is uh, eric made the call he called and said you know, this is what's happened. Can you please call the other parents and let them know? Because we wanted them to be able to tell their kids before it got out so yeah. that they wouldn't go on Facebook or it wouldn't be splashed all around. And so I really tried to have, you know, it was impossible to have control over that, but it, I felt like I couldn't do anything else. I needed to feel like I could do something. Yeah. And then... Um, Which is sort of, it's it's an interesting thing yeah. where you sort of feel like you have something to distract, but right. is that distraction keeping you from right. well, because what's going on? It, you know, I could just sort of focus on what the next thing was going to be until we got there. And then, um, so Eric had come to pick me up and we were going to go back to his house and our other children were there. So we needed to tell them. And again, you know, when you have a daughter, I was petrified that people, she was going to find out before mm. some other way before we could tell her. And then I had to make the call to Cooper's mom and dad mm. and tell them because I did not want them to find out some other way that this had happened, knowing that they were only three months past their Jesus. own son's death. And I, I just remember being in the car crying, like, I can't call that. I can't make that call. And Eric said, you have to call her, Stacy, because... You know, you don't want her to find out some other way. And I wanted her to be prepared. Plus, we've known Aaron Aaron and Quest. Again, this is a story, you know, they became friends at Audubon Camp um, before we even realized we lived on the same street. Yeah. Uh, Quest came home one day and said, hey, I met this really cool kid at, at camp. And we're like, da, da, da. We were talking. And it turns out he lives on our street. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they had been friends for a really, really long time. And, you know, I, I just was so sensitive to the fact that People were going to be hearing this news and wanting to make sure that they had some supports with them when it happened so yeah. that they weren't on Facebook and then, oh, my God, this happened. And, you know, 
either to be together with a friend or with a parent or somebody yeah, that that's what I was really worried you know, with Aiden. I was, I was the yeah. same things like I need to be with him yes and, yeah. and it, it does it makes you think right away about your child mm-hmm. you want to go there and make sure that they're okay that they're you can just hug them and touch them and um, explain explain you know it yeah because in in and explain something that you yourself can't even understand oh, yeah. and well, and comprehend no. and you know, it's the worst thing. And again, and you know, day, time after time during that, those several days, I was just so concerned for his friends and for the kids in his class and the school. I mean, that was a huge priority for me, making sure that they were taken care of, that mm. they were, had supports to, you know, I know they, counselors were brought into the school, but you know, do kids really go and talk to them? I mean, of course they're there, but they, you, you, know, you know, they did. Yeah, well, they did. I know yeah. that they they had a, a, a time where where especially as close friends could go, and yeah. they did have people at school. But some kids just won't talk to yeah, yeah. you know somebody. Yeah. It has to be a trusted adult, and um, you know, so that was really really important to me, um, just to make sure that you know his close friends and just that group of his classmates, because they, you know, we heard from people all over the place, just different stories from, you know, from preschool all the way up to junior year in high school about people that he'd met and just these stories of things that they remembered about him. And really that was such a nice testament to, you know, when you, when you think your child is one way and, and they're not, but when you think your child is one way and it's reaffirmed, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not just by, you know, Oh, the people that know you best, but by people that knew him when he was five years old yeah. or somebody that, or again, you know, the strangers. Yes, you yeah. know, that really just said, oh, I met him, you know, on a hike. He had done some hiking through the AMC um, program and had met some really neat kids. And so, you know, it was really important to to both his dad and I that we we were able to support his friends yeah. at that time. Even, you know, at the worst moment of our life, our, our concern was for, you know, people that were finding out because, you know, life changes, you don't know what's going to happen, but... Um, so yeah, it was really, it was, it was a very, very hard time. And, you know, every day it's like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. Maybe, you know, you wake up in the first six seconds and then you remember. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately you don't have the luxury when you have other children and things. I mean, I was able to not take some time, you know, I was able to take time off from work, but, you know, you still have other kids who Mm -hmm. have to, you, you, as a parent, you have to put them first mm. and what they need and what you're going to do to help them get through each day. And cause your youngest, you know, my youngest at the time was in fifth grade. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's, yeah, there's no very young. Day off. There's no day off, you know, and then I have someone with a disability who doesn't understand. Yeah. It doesn't have the ability to understand. And, um, all these people are coming. His parents are at the same house. His grandparents from both sides are there. Cousins, family, friends coming and going. Um, you know, so it was a lot of, uh, a lot of back and forth, but it, uh, you know, it brought out a lot of nice things in our community. People were very supportive and helpful and, oh, um, you know, I'll just say this about grief is a funny thing and it's different for everybody. Um, and people are so well-meaning they come, you know, uh, so Aaron started (laughs) This funny phrase when Cooper died, you know, people, what do you do in a time? You bring food. So people yeah. bring food. And then after a while, he's like, oh, it's the pity food. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so it was yeah. very funny. So yeah. Quest died. And I was joking to Eric. I said, oh, now the pity food is going to come. I mean, it was delicious. Make no yeah. mistake. It, and it was so greatly appreciated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, people bring food and they come and then slowly 
people go back to their own lives. And it's, it's really hard because you're in the midst of the worst thing that has ever happened to you and hopefully will ever happen to you. I can't imagine anything worse ever happening. And then, but everybody else, you know, they have jobs and kids and sporting events. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, as I said, everybody deals with things differently. My daughter was different from my youngest son. And, you know, to manage that between myself and my ex-husband, you know, so we had a lot of moving parts to try yeah, to control. Yeah, yeah you got a, and a lot of things to worry about and be there yep. for and different you know, personalities. And, and people are like, oh, you know, just, you know, and so the, this is this is what happened. And I try so hard not to do this, but people will say, Oh, well, give me a call if you want to go for a walk. Mm. Or, you know, so once the food stuff, they're like, oh, give me a call if you want to go for a walk. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to call you if I want to go for a walk. Like, mm-hmm. it's too much to do. Mm. I need you to call me. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. thinking about me on a Tuesday afternoon and say, pick up the phone and call that person. Yeah. And that's my advice yeah, yeah, for grief. Yeah. Don't oh, say to them, good. call me if you want to go for coffee. Call me if you want to go for a walk. They're not going to call you. Mm. You need to let them know. That even though your life is going on, you're still thinking about them. Mm-hmm. And pick up the phone and say, hey, let's go for coffee. Do you want, can you go for coffee today? No. Okay, when can you go? Let's pick a time and make it happen. Yeah. You know, and so people drop off and fade away. And it's... That's this, great advice. You know, it's, it's, yeah. It is. It's great advice. And it's because it's so well-meaning. It is. And but people... It is, it's, it's almost like yeah. putting the burden... It puts a burden back on, on you. Back on you. Like, and, you know, I'm like, I can barely get out of bed in yeah. the morning and get my kids, you know, yeah. fed and dressed and just kind of keeping up with whatever I have to do. Yeah. And you need that. You need that outlet to to go for a walk or to go for coffee, to be with somebody. But it's it's so much effort to do it. Mm. Um, you know, it's so hard. And even now people will say, Oh, you know, well call me if you want to go for a walk. And I do sometimes, but I'm like, you know, you need to call me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's no. my advice. Call that person, call whoever it is, you know, going forward. And I've seen it with, you know, we've had, um, another friend, her daughter died, their daughter died unexpectedly. And I would say to people, don't say, you know, to her close friends, don't say, Hey, do you want to go f- call me if you want to go for a walk? call her say let's go for coffee Mm. let's go for a walk let's go for a bike ride whatever it is you know Mm. you have and and it's hard because it puts that back on the other person but that is the that is what you can do for somebody who is grieving yeah that's my advice is a and grieving doesn't end never some days you know how did i've i read a lot of stuff about suicide and grief and uh i like this thing the best i saw recently it said Grief is like a is like the the ocean. So the waves come and they keep coming. But pretty soon, you know, when the tide is going out, the waves are further apart. But they still come. Mm. But you never know when they're going to come. Yeah. So you're But they always But they're uh, it just it's still there. It's always yeah. there. Sometimes the waves are big and sometimes they're small, but they don't it doesn't go away. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll be 70 and I'll still miss my son as much as I, I miss him every day. Mm. Um, you know, but it's different. I'm not as sad as I am every day. It's a process. Yeah, it is. But it's hard, and everybody's grief is different. Do you know? Do you know that I lost my sister? I think I did know that. Yeah. How old were you when that happened? Oh, I was um, uh, thirty. No, twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. How yeah. old was your sister? Around thirty-one. Thirty-one. So what was her name? Kathy. Kathy. Yeah. And so you know, a lot of the a lot of things you're saying are, right. are sparking. You know, like yeah, 
it never, ever, ever goes away. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to lose a sibling. I think it's different. I realized too along the process that my grief was different than my children's grief. Oh, yeah. Was different. You know, I couldn't say to them, oh, you know, you're all better now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and because you're never going to be all better, but yeah. it's different. It's, yeah, and it's yeah, different yeah. for, and my son's is different from my daughter's, is different from their dad's and yeah. grandparents. You and know. every situation is different. Like, I told yeah. my mom about um, you and, and losing Quest, and, uh, and, uh, and I never thought I would hear her say anything like that, but, you know, she, she actually vocalized that she thought what you went through was worse than what she went through. Um, which I found interesting for her to vocalize. I understood it, mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know. We lost Kathy to murder. Oh my, I did not know that. Yeah. So, so she wasn't involved. Right. Do you know what I mean? And, yes. and, um, and, uh, you know, there, there's, there are some similarities where it just happened. Right. And you, all the thoughts of regret and all the thoughts of like the last thing you said, right. the last thing they said, you know, the last place and time and all that stuff. Yeah. You never had the opportunity to say goodbye, you know, you know and um, so a lot of those things are similar, but she really, really felt for you and yeah. just that kind of like, oh my God, if my kid ever chose, you know, it was, right. it, was, it, yeah. was a, it was interesting that she found the room to say that because, mm-hmm. you know, she, it was, that was the most... Well, I think too, as a parent, and and I will just say probably even as a mother, you know, you, I mean, I would probably, in similar circumstances, at an age where, it, you know, Kathleen was 20, 31, yeah. you know, so you have, you know, twice the amount of, of Quest Life, he was only 17 yeah. years old, yeah. you know, so you have so many more memories, yeah. um, but you know, whatever age. I mean, I just, when I hear stories, I, my heart just immediately, I think of that mother, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I just, you think, oh, you can't imagine. I can't imagine because every situation is different. But as a mother, I'm like, I, I feel that, oh, at, yeah. you know, that loss. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a hard thing. I mean, like I said, every day is different. And now, you know, I can't change it. All I can do is change what I do going forward. Yeah. Um, and uh, when you said in the introduction, you know, I learned a long time ago because when with my son being, uh, you know, having disabilities, you can sit around and think, oh, poor me, yeah. you know, and people will feel sorry for you. But I don't really like people feeling sorry for me. I'm not that kind of person. I would rather be uh, more, take a more active role in my life and my son's life. And, you know, I, I don't during this this journey when I, I write things, in fact, I posted last week on Facebook because I put a lot of stuff on my page when I see something about mental health and mm-hmm. suicide um, uh, issues coming up and they're very interrelated. Uh, you know, I said, I'm not doing this because I want, you, I'm not a martyr and I'm not looking for pity. I'm doing it because it's important to say something yeah, yeah, yeah. because if I don't say something, then who is going to say something? And my feeling is if I can say something about it, then anybody is, can say something about it and, and I'm going to talk about it. So everybody else is going to talk about yeah. it. <laughs> well, it would be an interesting message too, to get yeah. out to, to try to convey that, um, that no one's immune to it. Right. You know, so it's an, so to speak to that, you know, it's important that you right. do and it's important that everyone does and it's important that everyone hears stuff like that right. because, because as you and I both know too well, 
no one's immune. Like it no. can happen to anybody and everybody yep. and at any moment. Yeah. And uh, like we don't live in a world of it won't happen to me. Right. And it makes it, I don't know about you, but I have a really short fuse for that. Yes. That life, that attitude when I see it in people, um, maybe mostly young people sort of, you know, like just right. because they sort of live in that, that like, oh, it'll never happen It'll to never, me. Happen, it'll never yeah. happen to me. And it's like, I don't live in right. that world. It no. Happens well, and I us. think too, when you've had something so horrible happen to you, especially you, you don't think that it will never happen to me. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I say to people all the time, I, I don't, I'm, I, I'm not looking for pity. I really right. am not. And I, especially I'll say in our district, you know, I'm standing over here alone talking about it. I'm happy to be standing. I don't want anybody over here standing with me. That's why I'm talking about it. Mm. I don't want anybody else here with me. Yeah. Um, and that's I want the, this to be a small right, club. This is a small club. And, yeah. you know, but I, I am going to talk about it. And if it makes you uncomfortable and you're going to look at me and say, oh, she's going to talk about suicide again, you know, walk mm-hmm. past me somewhere. Yeah. That's fine. You know, I'm not yeah. I'm not in this to make friends. I'm in it yeah. because it's it, we have to talk about it. Um because talking about it does save lives. Yeah. And I'll tell you, probably, I forget. Phoenix, it was sometime between the end of the year. So Quest died in December, and it was probably before the summer. So it was, you know, half a year, six months, because Phoenix was still, I think my youngest son, I think he was still in fifth grade. Might yeah. have been the beginning of sixth grade. Yeah. You know, in that time, I had five people say to me that Quest saved their child's life. Yeah. Five people. And this is just people in mm. our little yeah. Oyster River district. Yeah. That's a big number. And these are people that said something to me. Right. And every time that would happen, I'd think to myself, how many people didn't say something to me mm. that he did save their life because they saw what happened after right. they saw how painful it was what happened to you know his siblings to his friends to his classmates to his teachers to everybody and anybody that knew him you couldn't not be affected by it mm. um, it touched everybody in some way and and so that's why I will talk about it because I know that it has saved people's lives um, and it's it's important it's important oh, yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with, because um, I, I, I deal with this a little bit too, um, especially, I mean, I guess I do if, if I bring it up again, but um, how do you deal with people asking why? Um, I just tell them I don't know why, mm-hmm. because I don't. You know, this was a kid who was you know, funny and kind, empathetic. He was a good friend. He, you know, he, he, but he never saw himself. He saw himself that he, he did see himself as a good friend. And I think he did think of himself as a kind person, Mm. um, which, you know, gets a bad rap a lot of times, but he was generally just like this. He was kind to everybody. He didn't care. He didn't care if you had a lot of money, you had no money. He didn't care about anything. Race, religion, sex, sexual orientation. None of it mattered. If you were a person, he thought you were okay. Unless you proved that you weren't. And then, too bad for you, because that was your loss, not his. Um, But, and he, he would talk with his dad and I about anything. Anything. No, no topic was off, 
off the table with him. He yeah. would come in and talk about the idea of possibly becoming sexually active. And, you know, you think, oh, (laughs) where do I look (laughs) when I I don't? Do I have to have this conversation? (laughs) Okay, you can do it, Stacey. (laughs) You're the mom. Um, You're the mom. It's okay. (laughs) In your mind, you're thinking, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Um, And outside, you're going, okay, so we'll, we'll talk. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation about this. So nothing, he was not afraid to talk about anything. Hmm his feelings or, or reasons why. But this was, he never talked about this. This was never on the horizon as anything that would happen. I was so unprepared for it, which is why it was such a shock. It wasn't, yeah. it, this was not a kid who uh, ide- idealized it, you know, was like, oh, I'm having a bad day. And I read this quote that said, you know, it's just a bad day. It's not a bad life. So you think about that. Okay, you're having a bad day. Yeah. You get it. You get yeah. Tomorrow's going to be different. It's not that your whole life is bad, yeah. um, and and he had was was pretty positive about things, but you know could, was his own worst critic about things too. Yeah. Oh, you know I'm not smart enough for this, or I didn't do this well enough, or and you know never. I mean, his dad is very high achieving. You know, educational educationally, but there was never any pressure hey you know you've got to get all a's or you've got to you know go out there and be the top person finishing the cross-country meet or it was just go and have fun go and he seemed like he was very free to be there yes you know and again just was a well-loved kid with you know even though his parents were divorced and his, his siblings liked him you know he could be moody sometimes he could be like, oh, I can't get this. I'm not, you know, he wanted a girlfriend in the worst way from the time Mm. he was in preschool. Oh, (laughs) never going to get a girlfriend. And every time he would sort of get up this courage to ask a girl out, I'd be like, oh, please let her say yes. Because, you know, and then, and I thought, and he, you know, when you would, as he was growing up, you would never think that he would have the courage to do that because he just never was like, oh, I I really want this, but I, I, I'm, I'm not, I can't make it happen because I'm, I'm too shy. I, it's not, I'm not good enough. Like he, you know, a little bit of that, I'm not good enough. And I'm like, but you are good enough. You're, mm. and, and, you know, it was so funny. And he, so he would ask this girl and she'd be like, oh, I just broke up with somebody. I'm not ready to go out with, you know, and so. All that were, stuff seems so age appropriate. So, yes. That's you so know, normal. and so it was all this and, but would bounce back. And then, you know, a couple months later say, okay, I think I'm going to ask this one out. And, you know, so he was, and I would say to him, I said, you know what? I said, you're exactly the type of boy that some girl is going to adore dating. I said, because you're, I, I would always say to him, I'm like, you're the package. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you're, you know, they, they, some of these girls just can't see it yet. And <laughs> finally he asked this girl out and she said, yes. And I was, I don't know who was more excited, him or me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember meeting um, Annika for the first time. They were going to go to the movies and, you know, girls, you have a daughter, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> boys and girls are very different, you know. Uh, and Gwes was just this kid, and I thought, oh, please, please don't let this girl be this person who is going to, you know, just eat him up and spit him out yeah. because then I'm going to have to kill her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do not, do not mess around with my boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And we pull up to the movies, and she's standing, and I just so clearly remember this because. We, we walk up, he says, oh, mom, this is, you know, he introduced me. He's always very good about introducing me to people and never really embarrassed by my, like, you know, ah, over the top, loud, 
whatever and never afraid that I was going to, you know, say something inappropriate or make fun of him or make him look silly. Like, you know, it was, he was, was just this kid that I loved. And I looked down and she was wearing Converse sneakers and I thought, okay, this one is going to be good. Mm -hmm. You know, she was not, she was not that girl. I could just tell in that instant that I met her. And they were, you know, I I think wildly in love with each other. And I was so happy that he had that relationship with this person who, you know, it sort of completed him a little bit in terms of what he wanted. He had good friends. He had finally a girlfriend who was just this beautiful person who got him and had a lot of the same interests. And, you know, so he, he had he had everything going for him, yeah. you know, but I think there was just a struggle with what was going to happen next because, and not that there was pressure because from the time he was in fourth grade, we always thought, Oh, he's definitely doing a gap year. Like this is not a kid who is going to go right to college yeah. and really probably wanted to go into the Marines very badly. <laughs> His dad and I were, you know, we were like, okay, that's fine, but you have to go to college first. Like, yeah. we just really felt like he needed to do that. And had had he pushed back, it would have been not an argument. It would have been a it would have been a true discussion. Yeah. Well, tell us, and he would have made a good argument for it, and would have done that. Yeah. But I think he was just feeling a lot of that pressure that you start to feel in the middle of your junior year. Yeah. You know, oh my God, I've got to start thinking about college, and what am I going to do about this? And I should do the Naviance and see what college is going to be for me or start looking at gap year programs. And I think it, it probably was just overwhelming to him in a way that he maybe couldn't articulate, which is so funny because he was so good at, at articulation, but just somewhat feeling that stress. And yeah. Oyster River is a high stress district. Yeah. Kids are, you know, you gotta, gotta, Got to get good grades. Got to play a sport. Got to get into college. Got to do extracurricular. Got to, got to, got to, got to, got to. And you know, after after probably definitely after Cooper died, but even before, like I started to realize in in our district, and there's a lot of lovely people. And you know, I oh, you never know. So my motto is be kind, always, because everybody is fighting something that you know nothing about. Mm -hmm. So you don't know what's going on behind somebody's big fancy house and their job. And, you know, they go to some big vacation every year, you know, versus the person who is really struggling, has two jobs and, you know, can barely keep things together. You don't know. Um, So the answer really to the, to, to the why is is, there is no why there is no why, you know, some kids talk about it and they try and fail. Thankfully, and they mm-hmm. might try again and fail, and then they might try and succeed. Uh, and some kids don't talk about it, and one day they just, it's its a bad day, it must be a bad life type yeah. of thing, and yeah. just can't struggle. And then what do we do for that? Oh, so I, so I never, so in our district, um, and everywhere, this is not just mm-hmm. unique to Oyster River, but you run into somebody at the grocery store. Hey, where are you going to school next year? How many colleges did you apply to? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's always, it's that pressure. Yeah. And I, I determined I'm not going to ask those kinds of questions. I never say to a kid when I see them, Hey, where are you going to college next year? Beginning of the senior year, I ran into a, a boy. My daughter had seen on vacation. She had told me and I said, Hey, I said, Oh, so senior year. I said, what are you going to do for fun this year? And he kind of looked at me. Yeah. He's like, I didn't know I was allowed to have fun. Yeah, I yeah. said, oh, yeah. 
I said, you are, you, you have to do some things that are fun. Yeah. And, um, I had another thought about that. Oh, and then my other, that my other message to the kids is you can change your mind. Hmm. You know, you see so many kids going, okay, I got into school. This is where I'm going to go. I've got to stay here. I've got to put in my four years. This is it. And then they get there. They don't like it. It's the wrong school for them. A lot of kids in our district bounce back to UNH because yeah. it's a pretty good school. And but they, I'd always tell them, oh, "I'm not going there because yeah, it's not funny. You know, it's where I am." Yeah, yeah. But they get they go someplace else, and then they go to UNH, and they're like, "Oh, it's a pretty good place. I, I, this is where I need to be." But a lot of kids are like, "Oh, I I got into this school, and I'm gonna I have to be here for four years, and I'm gonna be this, and I you know I can't change my mind." You can change your mind. <laughs> Life is too short to say, nobody knows what they want to be when they're 18. I'm 53. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Right. (laughs) You know, so, and I say that to kids all the time. You can change your mind and your parents may not like it, but it's not their life. It's not their life. And, you know, they may be the ones paying the bills, but they have to understand that you you can't do something for them. You have to do it for you and you don't know what your interests are going to be. And so it's nice. You go, you get, you know, your gen eds or take a, t- and unfortunately college or don't go to school or don't go to school. Yeah. Do that gap year, go into the military because honestly, especially I think for boys, they take that year off, they go away. They, and anybody, you come back at it a couple of years, you're invested mm-hmm. because now you've figured out a little bit about what you want to be, what yeah. your interests are. And, you you honestly you do better in school absolutely uh, because it's what you want yeah. not I what think you, you have just, to do you do better in life too like yep. um, when you're when your parents are in a way uh, and and mentored in a way where you're just given the freedom to choose and yep. you know uh, not not be pressured and it's hugely well, important well college is very different now because it used to be you could go and take a couple of classes and sort of figure out you know oh I like this or what your interests were and combine it and now it's so expensive. You get there, you've oh, got to yeah. know because otherwise you've wasted, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars figuring out what you want to be yeah. when it wasn't what you wanted or it's not the right school or you know, whatever. Yeah, that's it, crazy to me. No. Yeah, you gotta you that's I mean, I've told both my kids like you have to know exactly why you're going to school yeah. to go to school and uh and no pressure to go to school. Yep. You know. Um just go do what you want to do. You don't have to go to school to do, especially my kids, they're both artists. Yes. So you know, they could just go start doing art. Right. You know, instead of just. Uh, well, they're lucky because paying. they have, they have um, an interest and a passion. Yeah. You know, that yeah. has really sort of um, given them some focus to what they're interested in. Not yeah. that, you know, who knows where it might lead. It may not stay right. the same. Cause, Which is again, they're free right. to change their mind. Again. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Change your mind. Yeah. Don't go to school, go to school. Take a semester off, take a year off, you know, try, just try things because I, I look back on these kids now, they have, I always say to kids, college is wasted on the young and these universities now have so many exciting yeah. programs and, but you know, you don't get a chance to find out about them. And now yeah. I look back, I'm like, oh, they could do this or, you know, you could travel here and, and do that. And I would do that. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of them are going and like worrying so much about right. how they're doing and then they're spending like just partying too much, yep. and, you know, wasting, it's wasting a, money. And... It's a very expensive first year to party away. You yeah. know, when I went to college, you could get away with it a little bit more, but now it's, 
it's that first year, it's just too expensive yeah. to. The funny thing know. about Aiden going to art school is that what I didn't even quite under, know so much about art school is that uh, he like can't. I mean, he's not a kid that does do that partying. A lot of the kids do do mm-hmm. that partying, but he he doesn't, and he wants to do well in school. And it's a tremendous workload. Yeah, like he just doesn't have time. So that's a good thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when he gets older, he'll figure it out. I know. Um, so what are you doing now? How have you, how are you like sort of, um, moving on? Like I gather you're, yeah. you're doing some, uh, some. So, uh, you know, I am working really hard to just get, um, suicide education into our school. I have a very good friend, a Facebook friend actually, mm-hmm. but I've known, I've met her a couple of times and I would say we're, we're of similar friendship because her son died by suicide mm-hmm. as well. And she does, she lives in Exeter. Um, her name is Tara Ball, Tara Holmes Ball. And her son, Connor, um, died when he was a freshman. Um, the first of three uh, at Exeter High School. Um, this year? Uh, no, like- going back. He was a freshman. He would have graduated last June, same same class year as my daughter. And so Tara has started this um, program in memory of Connor called Connor's Climb. And actually, they have a walk run this weekend in Exeter, um, May 14th. But the funds, it's a fundraiser. And what it does is it funds a program called Signs of Suicide, um, which goes to uh, do suicide prevention programs in schools yeah. uh, at no cost to the schools. So finally, um, Oyster River has it into the middle school. Oh, they do? Yes, they do. Yes but they do not have a real program at the high school. Right. And I have been fighting this battle. From well, well, and shockingly, uh, it was a middle schooler who just took his life. Yes. Like, um, in Oyster River, what, two February four, ago? February yeah. 14th. Um, it, uh, what do you call it? I can't see that. I'm trying to see how big this is, but um, I do it 100%. Where did it go? So, because I, I just, I, I wanted to, yes. And it's it can start as young as fifth grade. And recently, in, it, with what happened in Oyster River, we've seen that it does need to start as young as fifth grade. Yeah, that boy was um, in fifth grade. He was in fifth he? grade, yeah. yes. Fifth grade, fifth and grade. he shot himself. Yeah. Um, but Connor, they provide, uh, so Connor's Climb provides evidence-based signs of suicide programs to over 30 New Hampshire schools, uh, educated over 10,000 New Hampshire students, and trained over 200 New Hampshire educators and community leaders. Are parents welcome to, to join in on that, yep. I, would, I would think? Yeah. So, you know, the, the school district has wanted to do something. Uh, they they started um, the health teacher at the middle school, really fought to get this program into the middle school. Really right now it's just based for seventh and eighth graders. My youngest son just went through it mm-hmm. um, in the eighth grade health class. So that's how they do it. So they, just, they make it part of, it's the, part health of the health class. class oh, yes. Okay, and so it, uh, it happens the last, so each semester is like 10 weeks. And so she does, it's the last three weeks of the health class. And, um, so seventh grade, they sort of do a soft introduction to it. Talk about, you know, if you're feeling sad, talking to a trusted adult, they have this acronym. It's called ACT, A-C-T, ACT, CARE, TELL. Mm. No, acknowledge, CARE, TELL. You see something, you care about it, and you tell somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, because then that they've, that's proven 
to have saved lives. Right. Because so many times people don't talk about it or they notice that their friend seems a little off. They may be, you know, packing up all their stuff out of their locker. They're talking about that they feel so lonely or they're so sad. Or they even talk about, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to kill myself. Mm. Um, and you know, people say that all the time, sort of offhand, Oh, I'm going to kill myself. When, when do you take it seriously? Yeah, when do, it seems when like don't a you? lot is tricky about yeah, that. It is, have, it is a lot of tricky. You have, you have just sort of age, age classic, not age right. appropriate necessarily, but age classic sort of talk and right. rhetoric and, and sort of normal stuff that we did. Yep. And then you have other situations like quest where, he never talked about it. Never talked about it. Like no, not one sign. Right. And of course, you know, the, the equally classic, like, and why on earth would he, you know, right. like had so much going for him. And yeah. so it's a, it's a, imagine that, I mean, it's, it's it, yeah, really it's, hard to tackle. It's a, it's a very tough subject, but the first thing you have to do is talk about it yeah. and you have to educate kids on it. I, I always, this is my, sort of my little spiel about it. Um, you know, we talk to our kids about everything from the time they're little, you know, Wear a seatbelt. Don't talk to strangers. Don't do don't do drugs. Don't don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. Practice mm-hmm. safe sex. We talk to our kids about all of these things, but never ever do we talk to our kids about mental health and depression issues mm. that can lead to suicide. Mm. We never ever say to our kids, "Don't do it," and maybe we need to say, yeah. "You know, it's a bad day. It's not a bad life. Don't kill yourself." Yeah, that's because, a good little phrase. You know, that should be yeah common. It's, it is, um, you know, and I, so I made a, I made some little notes about this. I will tell this story about why we should talk to our kids about things. We were, my kids were really small, and I when I used to read the newspaper every day, there was an article about this parent was very upset because her son was a ninth grader, tenth grader at the noble schools, I think, or and they were going to be reading Catcher in the Rye, and. She didn't think it was an appropriate book to read because they didn't support that kind of, um, you know, they weren't into drugs or, you know, promiscuity. And she didn't really feel it was an appropriate book for her son to be reading. In at what a, school? At, at the Noble School. As Noble in, High School okay, in, Maine. in Maine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I immediately thought, I mean, this is way back when. I guess I've always been kind of like... So mm-hmm. I, I remember writing this letter. I don't know if I actually sent it or not, but it was a really great letter. And I was like... Okay, first of all, you need to read the book. Mm-hmm. And I said, you can't, don't keep him from reading the book. But if you really don't want him to read it, you should read it together. And then you can discuss it. Yeah. I said, because in a couple of years, your child is going to be leaving your home and going out in the world. And how is he going to know how to make these decisions about things that he's been talked at, yeah, but never had a chance to discuss yeah. if you don't? So the, we sometimes things are uncomfortable to talk about our kids with, but as a parent, you have to talk about that uncomfortable stuff. Yeah. You can't just give a kid a perspective. Right. Here's your perspective. Right. Because they you need to be able way. to think about it exactly. because then they go to well, college. Thinking. That's right. what we're not teaching kids we're not, anywhere ever. No, because they're going off to college and now somebody says, Hey, we're going to, we're going to go on a drunk weekend. You know, we're going to drink our way from New Hampshire to Florida and get there for spring break. And all we're going to do all week is drink and do drugs and have sex. And then we're going to get in the car and drive home. And maybe they don't want to do that. But how do they, they, and they say, Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh, you know, you're, you're such a sissy. How come yeah. you don't want to oh, do that? Come on. Well, I don't want to do it because, you know, and then they can 
articulate yeah. to their friends in a way that doesn't make them look like a sissy or, you know, some kid who, who doesn't want to have these experience. But these are my values. You can't argue with somebody's values. Well, I don't, I don't want to go because I, I don't choose to spend my weekend driving to Florida and, you know, you know doing whatever it is. Yeah. But if you don't give them those tools to explain why, then they just become this person who, oh, we don't want to hang out with them. I mean, they might be and a really tool, cool kid. That tool has a lot of breadth yes. to it too because it's, you know, you're, you're, now you've built confidence yes. and strength and character and not just, you know, uh, negotiating skills. Right. Or, uh, yeah. And now you've given this, and his kids are, you've given him the ability to be respected by people because mm-hmm. he can say why he doesn't want to do this. My mommy told me no. Yeah. Okay, my mom told me not to do lots of things. I tried lots of different things, but yeah. you know, we had a discussion about it. Yeah. So I, you know, informed consent, so to speak, about things. So you you have to talk about the uncomfortable things with your kids, and you have to talk about them. Unfortunately, you have to talk about them in school because our kids are in school so much of the day. Yeah, you know, that's where they are. That's where they are with their friends who are talking about talking with them about things and doing things and you know trying to get away with things yeah i think it's i think that's a good point and it's it's um people don't give enough thought to what i mean they they sort of think they do but the amount of influence a peer has on another peer is is actually pretty significant and uh so it's important to kind of um give your well i guess one give your kid a tool to be a good peer you know um, and then put themselves around other good peers. But then the the ones that aren't being parented and kind of a parented by teaching critical thinking and stuff are, it's, they need to teach them to kind of be like, ah, I'm going to kind of stay away from that person because they go down slippery slopes. Right. And how do you get yourself out of that? You know, as as, if you don't have those tools, how do you say what, you know, you don't want to be pressured into things you don't yeah, want to do, but yeah. if you don't have the the tools to be able to say why you don't want to do it, then you know that's how you get talked into making stupid choices. Yeah, <laughs> that really can affect your whole life. Yeah, um, and so we need to talk about it in the schools. And I, you know, I've been pushing since almost immediately after Quest Diet. You know, we have to have some kind of a program um, in place. Oh well, you know, we don't want to talk about it because. So, you know, things are funny when you have systems. Everything is a system in New mm-hmm. Hampshire. Um, and I'm not talking about like the jail system, but there are systems for, you know, setting up policies and decisions and way things, protocol for the way things happen. Well, you know, there was some misconception that if you talk about it, then kids are going to do it. Right. They're not going to do it. But if you yeah, don't talk like, about it, then it makes it like, yeah. why aren't they talking about it? So, oh, well, you know, best practices say we, we shouldn't talk about it. Well, did you ask me? I'm talking about it. So I, I, I want kids to talk about it because some of these kids may be feeling this way. This, when you don't talk about it, this is when you have that ideology where then other kids do it because, oh, it must be okay. So, it, but, it's, but it's not okay. Hmm. So you shroud it in this mystery of it's a taboo subject everybody knows it happened, but we're not going to talk about it. We're not going to, and now other kids are feeling this way and, oh, you know, Quest, Quest did it. So maybe it'll be okay if I do it because he was, he was a good kid and I'm not a good kid or, you know, I'm this or that. I'm not him. So I, you know, 
if he did it. And that is absolutely not what I want to ha- ever want to happen. Yeah. But, you know, I, I really struggled with the school after it happened because, you know, they were very nervous about something happening. Again, like if yeah, we as ta- if they yeah, would have liability. As, right. And I was so concerned for the kids in his class and the kids in my daughter's class and the seniors, you know, my biggest concern was, and especially, to, you know, with, with their class of 2014, um, you know, they're, they're leaving school. They're leaving their friends that they've been friends with since kindergarten in most cases, or maybe a friend that they've only known a year or, or a short time. They're leaving their home to go off and do whatever, or they're staying home and their friends are going, but they're losing that support that they've had in place for all these years to go off and do different things because they're not going to see their friends every day. They're maybe not going to be living at home. They're going into the military. So, you know, that's very different. They're staying home, but all their friends are leaving. So now they're stuck here having a job, mm-hmm. but you know, they've got to make new friends or, you know, and what are these kids going to do when they get to college or get somewhere and they start struggling because they're, you know, they're falling behind in school or they're not keeping up or their perception is that everybody's having this great life and they're not. Yeah. Because honestly, Chris, nobody posts a picture of themselves on Facebook sitting at home alone on a Saturday night. Right. The pictures are always like, oh, I went at this rave or I went to this concert or I'm going to this great vacation or I'm with a, got a new boyfriend, got a new girlfriend, you know, whatever. Yeah. Everybody posts pictures of this great life that they're having. It's a snapshot in time. It's what happened, you know, a portrayal. For, for three hours on Saturday night. Yeah. You know, what happened the three hour, the, the, the time before that photo, who knows? But people see that and they think, oh, everybody has this great life but me. And if they weren't given the tools right. when they could have easily right. in school. And they don't. And yeah. so now they're, they're have feelings of overwhelming sadness and they're alone. They don't have their best friend with them they may be you know across the country their parents are away who do they call who do they reach out to they don't have the tools to know what to do because we've sent them off to college and colleges have realized this they've started bigger programs because they have so many attempts and and suicide attempts and completions at colleges because of this very reason so my feeling is we need to talk to the kids before they get there we need to be talking to them from the middle school to the high school. It needs to be this continuous message of what to do when you're feeling this way, when you're overwhelmed. And so many kids are struggling with issues, you know, and a lot of it comes out as bad behavior or mm. they're getting bad grades or they've turned to drugs because they don't know what to do. Yeah. And so it's a way alone, to escape. They so feel if no one alone. Talks to them, they are alone. Yes. So let's let them. Like let you know, let yeah. them know they're not alone. And so, you know, in in Quest case, his so his class. I mean, they were really they wanted to do something to remember their friend in the worst worst way. They wanted to dedicate the yearbook to him. No, mm, I remember that. Um, went to the principal. I said, I was very upset because yeah. I thought how 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 wonderful to do that. What like what a nice way to remember their friend can't do that because it promotes you know we don't want somebody to say oh if i if i do it then they'll make you know oh, name a building yeah. after me yeah yeah it. i'll be a celebrity yeah, too you know no um but all they said was no and i said <laughs> i sat down in a meeting i said 
okay, so they told me all the reasons why and what they were going to do to remember him in the yearbook, but they could not dedicate it to him. I'm like, okay. I wasn't really okay with it, but I'm like, all right, I get it. I said, but you can't tell them no. You have to tell them more than no, meaning mm-hmm. his classmates. Because these are his friends. These are kids that cared about him. And now you're telling them no, but you're not giving them a reason. Yeah. They deserve to know. They have the right to know why it's not you know, best practices to do this. So you have to have a meeting with a senior class and tell them. Because they're upset about this. Yeah. And they're feeling really hurt. This is their friend. They don't think of him. And this was always so, um, we set up a meeting. We, t- we told them why it was not best practices. And I had a chance to talk to his classmates. And, and part of what I said to them was, don't be afraid to change your mind when you go off to college and you know to ask for help. But also, the most important thing about that was that I don't want Quest to be remembered. I wanted them to remember him, and I always want people to remember him this way, as this really neat kid who had a wicked sense of humor, you know, would give you the shirt off his back, help you do anything, and, um, you know, was just kind of just a good friend, you know, and a, and a really good son. I mean, he was never afraid to come up and give me a hug after cross-country meet. Mm. He'd be sweaty all over. Mm. He'd come up and give me a hug. And, and he'd let me hug him back. You know, never afraid to do that. And that's how I wanted him to be remembered. Yeah. I did not want him to be remembered, you know, years from now in the telling of the story. Oh, I went to kid with this, I went to high school with this kid and he killed himself. Yeah. So I asked him, I said, please to remember him. As as that friend, yeah, it has and, nothing to do with this and negative not that, energy yeah. of this you not know, happening in the yearbook, right? Yeah. And they really and and that's that is the way that they remember him. They remember him as this friend, this nice kid that they went to high school with. Yeah. Um, but I was so angry that they were just told no. Yeah, I said they they wanted to remember him this way, and you're telling them, you know, you're making it seem like he was this. It was a bad, you know, it was a bad thing. It was a horrible thing, but it happened. Yeah. Let's let's deal with it so that it doesn't happen again. Yeah, it's really frustrating. You know, it was really frustrating. Yeah. Um, you know, and oh, we're not gonna, you know, took him off the senior, took his name off the senior T-shirt. Mm. Nothing. There was no sort of re- was told they couldn't. Um, you know, in the class speeches, can't talk about him. What? Uh, yeah, in, in the class class president's speech, it was told he could not talk about Quest. Well, it's easy to get around that when you have a name like Quest versus, you know, because you can use it as a verb. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave this he gave this amazing speech. That and was ta- Andrew. Andrew, yeah, yeah. amazing speech. Yeah, and you know, good. we've known Andrew. They took they took uh, driver's ed together, so we would carpool. Yeah. Um, you know this this amazing amazing speech, and really was very well. Uh, remembered by his classmates and was very much a part of that yeah. celebration. You know, all of all of his, his team twenty one guys. They all wore some sort of camouflage underneath their gowns mm-hmm. um, just to remember him. Yeah. You know, so it was it was, and I was you know was absolutely there. People were like, "Oh, are you are you going to graduation?" Of course, I'm going to graduation. You know, these request mm-hmm. friends. I I need to be there for them. You know, was, yeah. was it hard? Of course, it was hard. Yeah. Um, you know, I saw right where after I go before Jeffries. Mm-hmm. Jaeger right there was mm-hmm. not there I mean it was a very mm-hmm. you know slap Present. up the side of the head moment mm-hmm. of um, you know he's not there but was absolutely had to be there for his friends and you know saw all of his close friends 
had pictures taken with all of them, Mm -hmm. you know, went to some graduation parties. Absolutely. You know, it was important to do versus, you know, where we are not going to still do not want to talk about it. Okay. Exeter high school who they're now sort of following their lead last year had three graduation caps on the podium Hmm. to remember the three students and to honor them, not for what they did, but for the students and friends that they were. And to talk about it. And Exeter has a program. They have a program. It's more than just a footnote in health class. If you're feeling sad or depressed and you're thinking about killing yourself, committing suicide, not, I hate the word commit suicide because if you're thinking about suicide, you need to, you know, talk to somebody. Yeah. Okay. Who am I going to talk to? Right. Because high school is very different from middle school. You found in middle school, you have a guidance counselor that loops with you. You start with them in fifth grade. They follow you every grade. And in middle school, you're talking about things. Well, in elementary school, you have this friendship circle. So you're learning how to be a good friend. Middle school, you're doing more about, uh, you know, not bullying and still sort of being a good friend and peer, um, peer-to-peer, like mediation. If you're having a problem with a friend, you can go to a peer mediator and they'll help you figure out, you know, what's going on, whatever. And the guidance counselors are sort of overseeing that. It's very supportive. And great, we have, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, our, our high school is great. Our teachers and our counselors are, are good. You get to high school, what classes you're going to take so you can go to college because you got to get into a good college. There's no more, hey, you're, you're in high school, yeah. you're struggling. You have emotional needs. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, okay, we can't deal with that now because we got to get you into a college so that we stay at top school, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it becomes about that. And it, it has to be about more than that for our kids. So it has to be more than a footnote at the, yeah. at, in health class. It's a hard subject, but you got to talk about it. Are you working with anyone else now? What's the conference you did in D.C.? So I went to, so I just finished the LEND program at UNH, which um, was a really exciting program. It's, uh, it stands for Leadership Education in Neurodevelopmental and Other Related Disabilities. And it talks about um, just ways to become a better advocate to learning about systems and policies to improve the lives of people with disabilities. But it sort of translates to everything else that is important to me now, mm-hmm. um, namely suicide prevention and education. So I, uh, as part of our training, we went to D.C. for a disability policy seminar, and then we spent a day, uh, we spent the, actually the whole semester sort of crafting our message about uh, disability issue, disability-related issue, and went to the Hill and talked to, had meetings with our representatives. So my group uh, met with Senator Shaheen. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually met with a staffer, but we had a photo taken with her. And mm-hmm. She's a former neighbor of mine, so right. made sure to remind her of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we met with a representative from Ginta's office in my group, and the other group met with... Um, Senator Ayotte actually uh, wasn't planning to be there, but then came in and spent a half an hour or so with the other group. And then um, they met with Senator um, Congresswoman uh, Custer, mm-hmm. a representative from her, a staff person. And so it really has given me a big insight into how to get, you know, what needs to happen to get your message out. So what's your window and how do things happen? 
well, they happen because there's a, a crisis. So it needs to take something needs to happen. For instance, like the Zika virus, that's become a huge issue um, because it affects a lot of people. It has big, you know, far-reaching long-term effects. So the CDC is now on it. National health, it, it's become it's mm-hmm. become a big health issue. And so then, you know, we have the, uh, the, the drug epidemic in New Hampshire. That has become a huge hot-button issue because it's it's costing one it's costing a lot of money people we're losing a lot of lives it's it's an epidemic so it's it's one of the worst in the country isn't it it's one of the i think it's probably the worst in the country uh which is not a great thing to be known for um so there are ways that things happen um the other ways that things happen when you you have a window of opportunity so this for me is a window of opportunity to get my message out about getting education into the schools, into the community, and just sort of talking about it and taking away that stigma, the mm-hmm. stigma of mental illness, depression, and suicide. Because if you don't talk about it, then it's a big, dark, dirty secret. Yeah. And then people feel alone. And when people feel alone, bad things happen. Yep. They don't have that support. They don't know who to reach out to. So, um, but I met a staff person there, and he was wearing this bracelet on his, you know, those plastic bracelets that are so yeah, popular yeah. with different yeah. causes. Yeah. And um, I'm going to look it up because I can't remember how to pronounce it. <laughs> but it was really cool. So we, we did our whole talk with him. And right at the end, where's my little note? Um, oops. Uh, I said to him, oh, I noticed you're wearing this bracelet because it said... Um, it was black and had a little yellow writing on it. It said, I've got your back. Mm-hmm. And I thought there, I thought it was a program that had started at UNH, which was um, talk to me about your day. So T-T-A-Y-D. Right. And again, it's sort of a, a, a program for people to reach out to other people mm, who good. may be feeling lonely and, and sad. But this is, um, it's Latin, so I'm not going to pronounce it correctly. It's a... Um, a vitam, which is, which means I've got your back. It's a Latin word. And right. It was created by students um, in 2004 in a, in a Pennsylvania school to talk about suicide and depression. Nice. So it's, it's very cool. And it led me to ask him something else, which was very interesting because he said in Pennsylvania, they have something called Act 71. I looked this up today because mm. I wanted to be on it. Mm -hmm. It was signed into law in Pennsylvania. This law was specifically requires schools specifically requires school entities to one, adopt a youth suicide awareness and prevention policy. Two, provide ongoing professional development in youth suicide awareness and prevention for professional educators in buildings serving students in grades 6 through 12. Mm. So this is the law that requires it. And a couple years ago and that's in uh, Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania, law yes. In Pennsylvania specifically, yes. yep. And I forgot what year it was. There was a woman in, um, Congresswoman from the Exeter Kingston area, who had put forth a bill in New Hampshire uh, for that very thing. No money attached to it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to cost you anything. You just have to do it. Yeah. It didn't pass. Right. I went and testified only probably six months after my son had passed away. Mm. That's how strongly I feel about the fact that we need to have an education. We need to educate our, our kids in school about it. And families, too. It's an uncomfortable topic in communities. Yeah. But 
it, it, you know, I talk shit. But yeah, let's. <laughs> really? I keep saying to people, if I'm if I'm going to talk about it, then everybody's going to talk about it, yeah. and you don't have to like me, but you know, I'm still going to talk about it. And if it saves one kid's life, then I don't care who likes me or who doesn't like yeah. me because it, I know that it's important. Um, you know, the at the first year, so he died in um, December. That September, I found that there's um, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, which now has a chapter in New Hampshire, did not have a chapter three years ago, three and a half years ago, just just this year, maybe maybe the end of last year, December. Uh, they do a out-of-the-darkness walk in Portsmouth mm. every year. Oh, nice. So uh, it's a great community and actually was started by a gentleman, um, Ken LaValle, I think is his name. His daughter was Sydney LaValle. She's mm. their grade. Her uncle. Yeah, that's so he started familiar. it. They're they're from the Durham community, but you know I know I've met so many people whose lives, siblings mostly, mm-hmm. have lost siblings to suicide, um, and you know I I see them at these walks and people come out, they have T-shirts. I mean it's not it's not a party celebration, but it's a way to be with other people that have who know exactly what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Huge. But they're still there because yeah, they realize so much power in that. yes. There's power in numbers, and you see these people walking. It's not a very long walk. It's like a mile. Mm -hmm. You leave from um, Prescott, uh, Pierce Island, Mm -hmm. go up around, come back to Pierce Island. I think it's fast, but it's it's just powerful to be with this group of people. Um, And I've had friends join me. First year, I did it by myself. And it was. Did you have I, that kind of anxiousness going into it? And then when you were done, just like, oh my God, that felt so good. I did. I and it was yeah. very nice to go there and see other people. Yeah. But I just kind of, I was just sort of me walking with my thoughts of Quest and yeah. um, sort of be, becoming empowered about what I needed to do. Yeah, that's really cool. So I've done the LEND program now and sort of figured out that this is where my passion lies. I mean, disabilities is never going to go away for me because I have a yeah. child. Um, and even if I didn't, it's, it still is, is uh, something I feel very passionate about. But I just, I see how many numbers it touches every day. I, I hear stories. I read something in the paper. Yeah. Um, you know, kids, kids are struggling. Our kids are struggling everywhere. But even just in this sort of great district, you know, we have kids that are bullied. We have kids that have mm. eating disorders, kids that are cutting and kids that are are looking at doing at, at have started or doing dr- having serious drug addictions, you know. Never mind just the behavioral issues yeah. that they're dealing with, and the resources are so poor in New Hampshire. I mean, there's just I read this thing just this morning. Um, let me put that down. It's called. Um, it was a story on NPR, which I don't listen to, but I saw the the it come across my feed. It's. Uh, Senate Bill 543, which is to implement a system of care for children's behavioral health. And it's a bipartisan bill. It's passed the House, and it should have passed the Senate today if it actually got voted on. But it's um, to coordinate everyone involved in help, everyone involved to help children through issues such as anxiety, eating disorders, and depression. And the scary thing about this article was that on average, 500 children are treated in the New Hampshire State Psychiatric Hospital each year. Wow. And there's like a ridiculously small number of beds in that hospital. Mm. 
it's very hard to get in there. So if you're having a serious issue, you could spend days in an emergency, you go to the emergency room and if they don't have a bed for you, then you go to the, just you're, you're in the hospital until you can get to the psychiatric hospital. The cost of that is $1,350 a day. Oh my God. Cost prohibitive. It's cost prohibitive, but also it's so hard to find help. This article talked about a woman. She lives in the North Country in Berlin. There's talk. talk yeah. There's a lack of resources on the seacoast, and we're well populated yeah. area. It's hard to find people. But it, up there, there's there's nothing. There's the closest place to get any kind of services. I through my Len program, I did a, a, a clinical rotation through the Dartmouth psychiatric floor. It's mostly med management and it's dealing with kids a lot of times, you know, on, on the autism spectrum that are um, feeling depressed. So it's not sort of where I'm going, although they, they do deal with that. But that's the closest thing to the North Country is Dartmouth Hospital. Wow. And that's not even really in the North Country. I mean, you've got yeah, to come yeah. east. You've got to go west to get to Dartmouth from the North Country, down and west. Um, there's just nothing. It's, it's, it, but it's such a huge issue. Again, because it's not, I don't know, it's not like, well, the drug epidemic in New Hampshire is not sexy either, but it's reached such a tipping point that it's getting a lot of attention now. It's getting a lot of attention. It's getting a lot of money. It's getting a lot of action happening with it. And mental health and illness, it's, it's, it's all... It's all part of it. Absolutely. It all has to go together. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but it's not, it's not talked about in the same realm. Yeah, they're, it doesn't they're, get the same press. It doesn't get that press yeah. until it happens. Until Heroin's flashy. Yes. There's arrests and yes. there's, you know, like drug you know, money. And, and, you know, so then they're, 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 they're seizing drugs and drug money. Right. And, not, but they're, they're trying to create more beds for people going through, um, you know, recovery, which is a great thing. But you know when you have kids who it's not it's not sexy to be a depressed person, right? Exactly. Because oh, you're dep- you're not happy. Well, why aren't you happy? You know. Well, yeah. I don't know why. There's a reason it's called depression. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's um, it's it's a really it's a horrible thing, and it's very lonely for for everybody involved. It's lonely for the families who are dealing with it because there's a there's a shame to it because they don't want to. Yeah. You know. First of all, you're not going to go around saying, oh, my son tried to kill himself. You're not going to say, oh, my son having mental health oh, yeah, issues. I think there's or, a big culture of yeah. hiding it. Yes. You know, like, don't you know, talk about it. Don't talk about it. Yeah. There is, because there's shame in it. Yeah. And kids feel that. And then that's when it starts to escalate. Yeah. Because they feel like they can't talk about it because they don't, they don't know who the trusted adult is in school because, no you know, them. no one tells them because they're not educated they don't have an education program for it. Yeah. And so we had a, I say we, there was a, and you know, I've been very vocal to the school district. We have to have a program. We've got to put something in place. Let's do it. Because it's going to happen again. I don't want it to happen, but come on, the numbers are against us. Yeah. People try every day yeah. and people succeed every day. And success is a terrible word to use in relation to suicide, but people do it and, and, it happens. So we can't bury our head in the sand. Let's get out here. Let's get ahead of it. Let's not be in crisis management trying to deal with it all the time. Because when it happens in a school, it's, ex- you know, if you want to put it in dollars and cents, it's expensive. Mm. 
just from the, just from the bottom line, because I can't even imagine what it costs when my son died to the school district. Yeah. Because now you have students that can't come to school because they're so they're just grief. They're filled with grief. Yeah. Or they're at school but they're not paying attention. You have teachers now that mm. are are losing teaching time because they're they know they can see that their kids aren't engaged. They're not engaged because they have overwhelming sadness. And it, it, it trickles, you know, it's not just his grade, it affects a whole school and all of the teachers. And because he's been through the Oyster River system, it affects teachers that he knew from elementary school all the way up. That was interesting about Quest um, Memorial. It was at his elementary yes. school with a lot of his elementary school yes. teachers. That and cool. that was chosen purposefully because we, people said, oh, why didn't you have it at the high school? I did not want to have it at the high school because my daughter goes to, was, mm. she's graduated now, but she goes to school there. And I did not want that to be the place yeah. where that had happened. Yeah. Um, and the middle school, my son was at the middle school. Uh, we talked about having it at UNH. We don't have a religious organization. We were offered to use the um, community church in Durham. We just weren't sure really, you know, how big it was going to be. And, you know, when it's January in, in New Hampshire, there's a lot of snow. So yeah, It was big. Um, yes. And, and you know, it was very well. It was probably over fire code, but that's when mm. you know people. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like, it's okay, it's okay. Um, you know, they were very kind at the high school. They had um, parking at the high school for the teachers, and they bust people oh, from cool. the high school. Nice. Yeah, I parked you know, very so, far away. Yeah, it was very behind <laughs> the scenes. Get a seat. <laughs> yeah, they saved they saved us a few parking spots up front for yeah. our family to come. Yeah. Um, you know, it was very well set up and very organized. I remember coming in we. We came probably later than I wanted to because there were so many people that I got emails from saying afterwards saying, "Oh, I saw what a, it was so so nice. I, I I saw you, but I didn't get a chance to talk to. You. I mean, friends that I've known for since my kids since before I had kids and when my kids were really really little. And I just there were so many people I didn't get a chance and people that came from a distance to see us. Yeah. Um, it's a blur. So it it was a blur. Yeah. But I t- remember just being in that hallway, just sort of standing to the side and watching the boys come in. No, they just came yeah. in in a big line carrying their IBC root beer. Yeah. But it, we had a big um, sort of potluck thing where people could come because we knew mm. that people would want to socialize. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an ongoing issue. And we've got to talk about it in the schools. Yeah. I, so we had this, um, I say, again, I'll go back to this. We didn't have a, there was a, uh, a few weeks ago, it was before break, they had a evening at the high school for the community to come together as a way to start the healing process. Didn't really know about it. A friend mentioned to me her son was in fifth grade, um, and her older son is friend is very good friends with my my youngest son Phoenix. She said to me, "Oh, do you do you would you would you go? Do you want to go to this with me?" Because she knows I met her even after Quest died, mm. but we've become very good friends. And I said, "Oh, I." Thank you for asking me. Like people don't always ask me things like this. Yeah. And so I really appreciate it when people do. So she asked me if I wanted to go to this with her. And I'm like, oh, I didn't get an email about it. Oh, turns out I'm off the email list for some reason. Mm-hmm. But it was, I thought it was very poorly publicized. Yeah. It's kind of like, okay, we're going to do this, but we don't have a big crowd. So we go, uh, there's probably 25 people there. Mm. A few, quite a few people that I knew. A lot of the count, the counselors, although... I don't think all of the middle school counselors knew that it was happening. So it was this superintendent, Dr. Morris, who I've had a number of conversations with about, we've got to do this. I want to be involved. I'm going to help. <laughs> like, yeah. Not can I. Yeah. 
here I am. <laughs> and I'm kind of loud in your face sometimes. I don't really care. It, you know, I, you do what you have to do when it's important to you. Um, Chief Curse was there, a uh, person from Community Partners, somebody from the state. I can't remember her name. I have it written down somewhere. But I came and I sat down right in front, taking notes the whole time because I was really mad. I was like, okay, great. So now we're going to start the healing process. You know, it's 1,192 days since my son died. Yeah. Why did it take this? Yeah. Now I, I to told you. I told you it would happen again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very much a, you know, I told you. I said, we have to deal with this now after Quest died so it doesn't happen again. Oh, we have a healing. Okay, we had some healing. Zephyr and Aaron graduated from high school. Okay, let's have something in place. Like if I understand you don't want to do something in the high school when they're still there because whatever, we should have had something in place starting in September. Added to the curriculum. I don't, you know, let's talk about it. Let's. Now it's happened. Now we're going to heal from it. Okay, we can't heal from it if we don't talk about it. Yeah. So they have um. a committee. We're going to have a policy. We're following Exeter's lead. I'm like, oh, now we're going to follow Exeter's lead. Why weren't we doing this all along? I, after the meeting, I went up to, to Superintendent Morris. I said, so I'm going to be on that committee. Here's, here, you know, let me know. Put me on the email list. Oh, Heather Mackinoff, the head of guidance, she's going to, I didn't, I didn't hear from anybody a week later. I went into Heather's office. I said, so I talked to, I talked to Morris about this. I told him I'm going to be on this committee. He said, okay, when's the meeting? Yeah. What's going to happen? I'm going to be there because <laughs> now this has to happen. I know that it has to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, we'll be, you know, going to the school board. I don't, whatever it takes, it's, we're, we're going to be having a program at the high school and it's going to be more than just a conversation at the end of health class saying, if you're feeling, if you have feelings of sadness and depression and you're thinking about suicide, you know, call this 800 number. Yeah, yeah. No, we have, you know, this is what you need to do. Right on. Cool. So. <laughs> um, I like it. So give me uh, in what, basically what can someone do? You know what I mean? So just give me a, a, a little, I like the um, ask me to go for a walk. Yep. You know, give me, um, give people one thing that they can uh, do to help you in your fight, you know, to, to kind of help it, help education happen. Where did I, I had a really cool thing. What can they do to help education happen? Well, when I call you or write to you to ask you to go to the school board meeting or a school meeting, you can go yeah. <laughs> with me to show that you support this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't ever want anybody to go through what I went through. It's, it's a terrible thing. Um, but everybody's going to go through some kind of grief in their life. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's just the way that it is. And everybody, like I said before, everybody deals with it differently. But I think that really is the that is really the most important thing, and sometimes it's not, it even to the point where some people are uncomfortable. They just don't know what to say, so they don't say anything. 
But the best thing that happens to me is when somebody will uh, they'll see me and they'll tell a story about Quest. And so that is really the nicest thing that you can do for somebody, especially in a situation like this where, uh, you know, people die and it's sad. But in a tragedy that is so tragic, yeah. for lack of a better word, the best thing to do is... You know, every once in a while, you'll see something and it'll remind you of my son. Send me an email and say, hey, I saw this really funny thing today. It reminded me of Quest. Or, oh, I went for a hike today and I saw something. Just to let people know that you're still thinking about them. Because my biggest fear is that he'll be forgotten. That, you know, life goes on. His friends now are sophomores in college. You know, things have changed. But I... I've moved on. I've moved houses since he passed away. My daughter's gone off to college. My youngest son has just turned 14. You know, things have happened. Um, He's, but there are things that he's never going to do. And so it's important to me that people remember him. Yeah. And I think it's, it's an, it's a, a message to get out to. Like I, I deal with it too, right? Yeah. I, I like people to know, I don't mind talking about it. No. Everyone's so scared. You know, they are they're, scared. They're really scared to like bring it up again and make you hurt again. Yeah. When it's like, I hurt already. I hurt. You can't, you can't say, and I think it, I'm sorry, now I'm crying. I think it makes people uncomfortable. They don't know because I'm so emotional. Oh, if I say something, is she going to cry? That's on me. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not upset with you for making me cry, but, what upsets me is if you don't say something that's more hurtful because yeah. I have um, a very good friend. Um, she was, she, she isn't, was, was hugely helpful when quest died. Um, and her daughter, Hannah is um, just turned 21 and uh, she was same, same year as quest, but she's was older. She's, um, She's on the autism spectrum. I've adored Hannah since she came to live here in the fourth grade and very close with her family. And whenever I see Hannah, she will say something. Oh, she'll ask about Quest. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, it's really sad that he died. Yes, Hannah, it is really sad. But thank you Mm -hmm. for reminding me that you remember Mm -hmm. him and for talking to me about him. Exactly. You know, it's hard. I don't mind talking. I would sit here and talk to you for hours about him because he was that kind of a kid. I, well, I would talk for hours about anything because <laughs> I just like to talk. Kind of I just, I'm just that kid. But, you know, so those two things. Yes. Talk. Tell me, call up a friend. Call up somebody mm-hmm. that you know that might have lost somebody, even if it wasn't horrific. But they just, you know, that you haven't forgotten them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I did that on Mother's Day. I Austin is in... Uh, so Quest would call him his best friend. Um, and he is in the army now, down stationed down in Fort Myers as part of the old guard. And I, when I was in D.C., I called him. I really wanted to see him when I was there. Yeah. And I called him. I said, hey, I'm in D.C. When can, can, you know, can we get together? And he's like, oh, sure. And let's try to figure out a day. Like, that was my priority. I really just wanted to see him. I hadn't seen him since Christmas. Yeah. And... He said, okay. So he came. Um, we couldn't meet one night. We met the next night. He came into town. We were at dinner for like three hours. It was fantastic. And, you know, we talked about all, really, we didn't talk a lot about Quest. We talked about some of his friends. We talked mostly about the Army and, and different things. Yeah. But, you know, a year after, so 
a year and two months after Quest died, Austin's mom passed yeah, away. I remember. And, you know, I can't imagine anything worse for somebody than losing your best friend and your mother yeah. in, you know, such a short period of time. It was really, to this day, I just think one of the, the most unfair things in the world. Yeah. And I know that life's not fair, but. And such a sweet kid. And, you know, he's just, and his brother, his sister, I mean, they're, and Terry was, I mean, when I got divorced, she was just such a, she, you know, sometimes it's nice when your kids have really good friends and their parents become good friends too. Yeah. It doesn't always work that way. It has happened for me with a few people and I feel so blessed mm. to have that. And Terry was one of those people for me. So it was a huge loss for me when she died. But I was thinking, you know, Mother's Day, it's a blah, blah day for me. Yeah, I'm sure. But I texted Austin. I said, hey, I'm thinking about you today. Your mom would be really proud of you. Because I think about her. Sorry. No. She was my friend. She was this amazing mother who raised these three incredible kids. And it's sad to talk about her sometimes because it was so unfair. But I... I you, I want to remember her. I want people to remember her. Yeah, and, and so, and it's more important to let Austin yes know to know that his mom has not been forgotten. That's right. You know, and his and and Quest friends do that for me. You know, Austin came home at Christmas for leave, his first leave since going in the army, and I got a call from I got a text from Zach saying, "Hey, Austin and I are no Phoenix called me. They had gone to see Phoenix <laughs> at his dad's house." Phoenix texted me and said, hey, Austin, are you at home? Austin and Zach are going to come and visit you. Now, it was really, it was, I'd had a really long day. I was exhausted. It was like 8 o'clock. I'm thinking, okay, maybe I have another half hour in me. Hmm. They came. They got to my house about 8.15. They did not leave my house until 1 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> there was no alcohol involved. <laughs> yeah. hey, we were just talking, talking, talking. Yeah. And it was like probably, it was such a gift. Hmm. It was such a gift to have that visit. Um, and to know that they that they wanted to come and see me yeah. and spend time with me, good boys. And that, yes, and so that was that's the thing. So nice. All right. Well, I love you. I love you too. I'm glad you're in my life. Me too. I really, I really appreciate that. It's so funny. See, friends of friends of your mm-hmm. kids have <laughs> become your friends, and right. just somebody that you know is a, are good people. Quest had good taste in people. Yes, he did. Yes, he definitely <laughs> he did. did. <laughs> he did. Thank you, Chris, for having me. I appreciate yeah, the opportunity right. and just a chance to hang out and chat with you. Yeah, I appreciate everything from you, too. Thank you. All right. All right.